Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. introductory message said this is Cindy Meyer publisher of Spirit Seeker magazine we've been published for 19 years it's just hard to believe uh, that much time has passed and the October issue will be online uh, tomorrow on October 1st and it is already um, the paper version is in Chicago Kansas City St. Louis and our sister city out west in Seattle so you can find us in any Whole Foods any um, I don't know, we're in so many different locations, and then our younger uh, crowd always reads us online, so by all means, please read the October issue, the cover is beautiful, the articles are great, etc. Okay, so that, those are all the announcements, um, except one more, and, uh, and then I will bring my guest on. Uh, if you would like to be added to our Sacrosanct email list, which means we do not sell this list, share this list, we do allow people uh, to let our uh, email subscribers know about upcoming events and we let you know about the radio show and when the magazine's online. Uh, so to be added, all you have to do is send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com, and then we will add you to the list and you'll hear about all kinds of wonderful things happening throughout um, all over the U.S. Okay, so my guest tonight is Sonia Choquette. The first time I heard uh, about Sonia was in 1992, and I, um, at that time, it was three or four weeks to get a reading with her. And I remember thinking, I know this name just, like, you know, why is it calling to me? And I've experienced Sonia many times at uh, the You Can Do It conferences with Hay House, with Celebrate Your Life conferences. I don't know. And then also she's been to St. Louis uh, with uh, Stacy Hunziker, who brought her to St. Louis. So I've experienced her many times, and each time I have a new just appreciation for all that she offers. She's a celebrated worldwide author. She's a spiritual teacher. She's a sixth sensory consultant. She's what is known as a transformational visionary guide. She tells a story, and even when she's on stage, it's as if you're sitting in her living room and she's having this wonderful conversation with you. She's inspiring uh, as far as global consciousness uh, goes. She's received awards for this. Um, in 2012, she was awarded the Leader of the Year by the Global Holistic Psychology Association and the Award for Exceptional Human Service by the first global parliament of human spirituality in Hyderabad, um, uh, India. So she's a global traveler. She's been all over the world helping people. Um, but she's from Chicago, right here in the heartland. So, Sonia, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Cindy. I'm so grateful to be on your show. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, I'm just so grateful. And I know you've, you've, you've taken some... Um, some new routes in the last few years and your new book walking home uh it's just it's quite beautiful and um so we can go in a lot of directions which wherever you would like to start and then i'll uh i'll come in with questions here and there but but what would you you know where do you i don't even know how to ask this question i know a lot changed you're you lost your 
um, your father and your brother in a short time, and then you just had a lot of personal things change. Um, so what, right. what is, yeah. So what would you like to well, share with us about all this? Well, I'll start by saying that you know I've been teaching and uplifting people for my entire life. It's my passion. It's my joy to help people find self-love, to help people tune into their intuition and begin to trust themselves because it is their authentic self that is guiding them. I've helped people believe and organize their lives so they can manifest their dreams instead of being frustrated, and I've been really good at that. And to that end, I've written 20 books and spoken probably to over a million people. And so my life has felt really, truly blessed. And yet, um, a few years back, out of the blue, in um, in the night, my brother died in his sleep. He had unexpected blocked artery in his heart. And the stress and the strain of that sudden death caused my father to die six weeks later. And he was another man who'd never been... I don't think my dad in my entire life ever went to a doctor. Here's a picture of health. But So two deaths in six weeks, neither expected. And then the stress of that and the, the overwhelming uh, implosion on my life caused my already challenged marriage to completely implode in my husband, no doubt. And I was basically ended my 30-year marriage. So I was just overwhelmed with grief and loss and a sense of abandonment. And because of my public role, so many people that I turned to would kind of have the attitude of, you know, why didn't you see this coming? You should have known. And so somehow being intuitive prevents you from from having the same experiences of life that the rest of us have. So I felt ashamed. I felt uh, overwhelmed in grief. So I quit. I just walked away from my work and just prayed for guidance. And it came in the most unusual way, which was I was guided to walk the Camino de Santiago. It's an ancient pilgrimage, 580 miles across two mountain ranges in northern Spain. And why I thought that was so crazy is, first of all, I'd, in trying to cope with my grief, I took a kickboxing class and I broke my knee. So my knee was mending. I was like, oh, great. So this is great guidance. I can barely walk to the corner and I'm being told to do this. And and I am not a hiker. I mean, if you see me, I'm a city slicker, but I do know enough and I, to to trust my guidance. And I also have always lived a life of faith. So without being skilled and without having any any reassurance that I'd make it even to the corner, I unplugged from my life, packed up my backpack, and I took off. And I I set out on the Camino to heal my grief and my pain. And I I went in pure faith, not knowing what would happen, not knowing if I'd even make it day one. And um, I walked about the equivalent of about 20 miles a day. And with each day that I walked, everything that I thought I had outsmarted or jumped over or or spiritualized my way through, everything, every emotion, every injury, every personal wound that I'd carried my whole life and just kind of shoved to the side, 
came crashing back on me. And I walked with all that pain until it began to transform. And by the time I arrived, 35 days later, my heart had healed. So... I just, I, I, you know, my my daughter lived in Spain and she's described it, and I've, I've read a lot, and I, um, I was planning to take a group there in 2015, so that's part of why I went last year to explore it, but I had no idea until I actually talked to someone who had walked, uh, walked the El Camino. I never knew how many miles in one day that people would walk. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just had no idea. <laughs> And then, and then when I read in your book when you shared about the blisters and the feet, just like taking your socks off, and then the next thing you know, you have these orange clown shoes on with these I, new socks and your tevas. I laughed so hard when I read that. I was like the the most ill prepared pilgrim you can imagine. I waited too long to prepare. Then at the end, I got way too much stuff. And I realized even taking the equivalent of a small refrigerator with me and having to, you know, pretty much give it all away as I went, that I was so internally uncomfortable that I was trying to uh, buffer myself from all that emotional discomfort by grabbing on to, you know, too many socks and too many shirts and then I needed this and I needed that and power bars and but eventually each day it was just all too much to drag along and the very first day I went over the mountains it snowed and my my boots which I spent a long time trying to get fitted with didn't fit and I destroyed every toe I destroyed my toes, destroyed them day one. And so the Camino is truly a miraculous path because I do not know how I made it. I, every one of my toes got infected and were purple, and I tried to do surgery, and it, but I still made it. And I attribute it to the magic of the Camino itself. So for listeners who have absolutely no idea what you're talking about with the Camino and a pilgrimage, et cetera, would you mind sharing, like, the thousands-of-year history of this of this pilgrimage? Well, it's been, it's a, it's a path that actually is thousands of years old. In the uh, Christian tradition, it was a path that was walked for thousands of years by the Crusaders and or by the pilgrims protected by the Crusaders on their way to Santiago. Which is Saint, which means Saint James in Spanish, and it's a place where the bones of the Apostle Saint James are. The legend has it those are the bones of Saint James are buried there, and so all over the Middle Ages, pilgrims would cross Europe and walk this path to Santiago, and the path was the path of forgiveness. It was called the Way of Forgiveness. So everyone who walked this path, their sins would be, it was called a plenary indulgence, which means their sins would be essentially cleared. And, you know, it's sort of like clearing your karma, so to speak. And thousands and thousands and thousands of pilgrims have walked this. But before that, the Celts, ancient Celts, also walked it. And before that, it was, and even then, it was also walked by the ancient Romans. So 
something to be said about this path. It's um, it's, it's said to follow the Milky Way, and it certainly felt like that to me, with uh, underground rivers, and there's something very magical about this path, and people who walk it are miraculously healed of of heartache and soul ache and and heaviness of spirit and that it's I, I walk for five hundred and eighty miles up above it, but it can go longer than that. It can start as clear up in Paris or even further up north, but it all leads it's like all roads lead to Rome, but in this case all roads lead to Santiago. You know, I um, there are so many parts of your new book that spoke to me, and you know, when when you arrived at the hostel that was hostile, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and yes. how I know, I mean, I just you could I could totally relate, and I thought, oh my goodness, and then when you realized. And you can share whatever you want with all these things that all happened within, you know, day five, six, seven right there. But when you realize that you didn't have to get up in the morning and be with the pilgrimage walkers that start early in the morning, it reminded me of when I went to Egypt in 2008. And, you know, we we whined. There were 40 of us. And at first we kind of whined because sometimes we'd have to get up at 3.30 in the morning in order to be at the sacred sites by 6 in the morning in order to be out of the sites by 8 in the morning when the regular people came and so we climbed out of this the ancient uh the great sphinx and when we arrived it was dark and when we left it was like you know right when all the tour buses got there and everything and the whole desert was filled with all of these people and it's like a shock when you when you're with that much when you're in an uh introspective state so when you were talking about i realized i didn't have to start off with all of the other hikers like the pilgrim 500 The thing that I did was every day there's stages and you can can pace yourself, but the typical stage was anywhere between 20 and 30 kilometers, which is about 15 to 20 miles. And the the pilgrims stayed in what are called albergues, which are these five-year-old-a-night dormitories. And because I'm so sensitive as an intuitive and I've worked so much at taking care of others and immersing myself in the uplifting of others, I chose not to go that way. I chose to stay in in simple hostels like one star, two stars that were were maybe 15-year-olds a night or 10-year-olds a night, but at least I had my own private room. So I realized that everybody got up at the crack of dawn because they wanted to get their space at the next place before the rooms filled up. And it occurred to me that I had a room and I didn't have to rush and that I needed to go. In fact, one of my great awakenings on the pilgrimage was, what's your rush? And that's such an American thing. You know, what's your rush? There's no rush. Take your time. Give yourself some space. And that was that alone was such a healing for me to give myself permission not to be caught up in the frenzy and the fear of the rush. And well, you everybody started out at off. age at age twelve. You've been you've been doing this since age twelve, if not earlier. 
I started doing my, my, my first readings when I was 12. I taught my first class at 15. I have been passionate and devoted to helping lift other people up my entire life. But what I was not conscious of, because I, I'm a very spiritually trained person and a good Catholic girl, so anything that ever entered, that ever caused me personal pain, I pushed aside. I prayed over it. I forgave it so fast you couldn't even see my head spin. I was fine. I was fine. And and I actually think, Cindy, that a lot of women, especially women on the spiritual path, are vulnerable to the same thing. We hold ourselves to such high spiritual ideals. And we want to be those endlessly, unconditionally loving, endlessly serving, endlessly giving, certainly not take offense, quick to forgive. But I learned on the Camino that while those were my ideals, they were not fair to me. They were not fair to me as a human being, and they dishonored my human experience, which was to feel all of my pain and my grief and my sensitivity and my vulnerability and have self-love and self-nurturing. And it took the Camino and the collapse of my life to bring me to that that deeper love and compassion. I I I just you know, I'm in amazement, you know, with everything that you've written in here in your prayers, Holy Mother God, please help my feet feel better. And then you were in gratitude. You know, mm-hmm. after you were helped. I mean, it it just was such, you know, it just sounds, I mean, as if it was just such a devotional experience. The entire thing, first of all, I was, I was guided to walk in silence. And so, fortunately, when you walk the Camino, the people come from all over the world, but they all come more or less for the same reason, that some part of their life is in great need of reconnection with their soul. They are in great, great need to reconnect with the divine and feel part of something bigger than their 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 present life. And I I was guided to walk in silence. I did occasionally talk at night, and when I did meet people, they were life-transforming divine experiences. But just to have the time in nature to listen and to walk and to pray which really was very much a part of ancient life. But so much an indulgence and and nearly unheard of in modern-day life was such a gift. You know, it's so interesting. Such a gift. I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's so interesting about the the silence in that I just had this conversation over the weekend. Um, I was teaching a class, and I said that I had a friend who... Every year on his birthday would take his current wife, who is just fabulous, his two former wives and his children from the two former wives, and they would all, like, go on this trip together. Everyone got along. And for his 60th birthday, he gave himself a 10-day silent retreat. He has gone every year since for nine years because 10 days of silence, you know, was... It's awesome. It's awesome. You know, our world is so overstimulated. You know, I wrote the book on the Camino. Actually, I was encouraged to write it because I was sharing the stories with my publisher and he said, you have to write this book. I didn't intend to write a book. 
But what I do know is that anybody gets, but what I hope people get from it is that you don't have to do what I did to get the same benefit. You just have to find guilt-free room to breathe. Move your energy. Go walk in nature a little bit. Have compassion for yourself instead of trying to get over everything. Just be with who you are, lovingly with who you are, and know that that you are loved and not to have shame over grief or woundings or need, which so much of us have been indoctrinated to have. I know. People, uh, it's just to slow down and take the time. I mean, did you, you know, what was the, the, was it hard to not talk to your daughters? Was it hard, or did you just communicate psychically? I did communicate. I feel very connected to my daughters. I would, I would connect with them every little bit of time. I would send them a text saying I'm alive, but I didn't receive anything. I didn't go on the internet, I didn't do anything that that would take me out of my inner sanctum. But I felt them and I dreamed about them and you know, I had a difficult relationship with my father which I never wanted to to acknowledge. And when he died, all that came up. I had a difficult relationship with my brother. In fact he made me very angry. But as a spiritual person I I decided I couldn't it wasn't becoming of me as a spiritual person to be angry. But that anger just got shoved in the basement. So as I walked, that all came up. And I found that 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 hiding or denying or, or trying to get over something is is not the way to heal. But to be present to my feelings and and to to just walk with my experience and and move the energy and listen to what it had to say, that it naturally began to lift and transform into tremendous understanding and compassion and genuine love for everybody that I ever felt wounded me and for myself, whom I also realized on my Camino I had judged so harshly. It's um, it, it's it's interesting, you know. In 2006, I went through um, the breast cancer experience, and I remember being at a holiday party with um, the church that I was attending, the Religious Science Church at that time. And this lady came up to me and she said, How, "Why why do you have cancer? I don't get it. You're like the spirit seeker lady, and you're like to be this, you know, you're supposed to be the spiritual lady. And you know, why are you sick? What did you do to create that?" I mean, it was like such a shock. And know, I, just... I hear that. And I feel like that is the abusive shadow side of spirituality, is that that somehow if you're spiritual, you're going to be immune to the human experience. And if there's any human experience that does occur, you're a failure. And so I really address that a lot in my my book because I, too, have, have I held myself to that standard, let alone other people. And yet I realized and what I really hope to convey and what I hope people get when they read Walking Home is that every part of our human experience is holy and none of it is a failure. None of it. I think that the surrendering at that level and getting it, that's when you become a human being. 
you know. Right. Like, I mean, I I can understand, you know, I can relate, let's put it that way, so much to just go, 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 go. And it's taken, like, you know, some pretty big things to, to slow me down. And the last one was in 2012, right when things were going really fast again and, you know, so many opportunities. And then I fractured my right knee and my ankle in three spots. And they wanted to put 10 screws and a plate in my knee. Uh, and I said, well, what other option do I have? And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, well, what if I just wait a week and I'll come in? And so I waited a week. And when I went in, the doctor said, where is your swelling? I said, oh, that's long gone. I said, why don't we see if the bones are healed? <laughs> and he looked at me like I was crazy. But, well, you know, he said, if you had come in immediately, you would have had 10 screws and a plate in there. He says, but here's the risk you take. If this doesn't heal with non-weight bearing for like the next 10 to 12 weeks, he said, if it does not heal, then you have to go straight to a, a knee replacement. And I just looked at him and I said, okay, thank you very much. So all the healers worked on it. And I was, um, I, I was, in, I have a three-level home and I was in my living room in a hospital bed. I had to fight for that too. They weren't, the insurance company didn't want to pay for that. But it was an interesting thing. Um, I have these floor-to-ceiling windows in my living room and I, I don't cover them. And so my house looks over these um, a common ground. So I have these beautiful trees. And so every morning I would see the sunrise. Mm. Every night I would see the sunset. And it was really reconnecting with nature in that way and the quiet because I was here alone right. all the time. And I resynced. I mean, that's the only way I know how to. I, I feel it just listening to you. And that's what happened with me, too, is that we get so disconnected, you know, from our human nature. Mm-hmm. Our, and when we reconnect to nature, our heart. I believe our heart opens in a much deeper, more present level than when our mind is racing through, with all, even with spiritual ideals. And we can drop in, and and I feel for you. I mean, when I was on the Camino, I was walking with walking poles, and it sort of was like, eat, pray, love me, I love Lucy. I mean, <laughs> honestly, what was I doing? And and and. It was it was just pure willpower and and a lot of ridiculous ridiculous moments along the way as well as just some beyond beyond this world experiences. But what I really want to share with people is that our you know so much of spirituality, even New Age spirituality. Uh, there's an implied kind of, you know, get over your vulnerability, get over your human nature, get over your needs, get over your weaknesses, get over your, you know, your, if, 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 you know, get over being a victim. And there's a lot of shaming going on around any part of our life that says, ouch. Mm-hmm. And I, I really know. want to, and I really feel like I want to speak to that because it's, how can we really feel and find compassion if we can't have a genuine ouch without being um, ashamed or attacked for it or or eyes rolled at us and, and we have to get over it? Because to take the truth, Cindy, I just don't think that's honest. I don't think it is either. And I think that, um, you know, the cause and effect and thought is creative. I totally understand all of it. I I think it's fabulous when we realize that 
our thoughts are things and um through through our thoughts and our actions we manifest but sometimes you know things happen and they're part of their journey too and it's not necessarily right. you know what have and what have you done to draw that experience in and you know well, so I the think more the question yeah. is different i don't think it's what have you done to draw that experience in but rather what are we learning what are we learning that this experience affords us and even though it's a different, difficult experience or difficult passage, how wonderful that it is one that's gotten our attention so we can learn something that maybe we've been trying to learn for lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Rather than, oh, what have you done? Which is just got such an accusatory, finger-pointing failure, you know, connect, implied with it. And it's like, yeah, I totally believe we we create our own reality, but I don't believe we do it intentionally. I believe that that it's multi-layered, and I believe sometimes the very reality that we think we don't want is exactly the one we need to soften our hearts, open our nature, to help find us, build compassion, to end patterns that we've maybe carried for lifetimes. I, I write about my past lives, that I'm sure I had on the Camino, but it wasn't a gotcha. And I do find that there's a, there's a level of gotcha um, in, in, in if we misuse our spirituality. Mm-hmm. And, and instead it's like, have compassion. Human beings, we're learning. And maybe the very thing that's so painful is our greatest accomplishment that we're in this pain. And our society doesn't like pain. The the society that we live in, you know, I was a nurse for years, and it didn't last nearly as long as I thought it was. From the time I was a child, I wanted to be a nurse and help people, and I quickly realized that the part of nursing that I absolutely loved was explaining to the patients what was going on, what the tests were for, you know, like really being compassionate and doing the back rubs that we were taught in nursing school, and everyone was like, that's ridiculous. And that's when they would talk. Like oftentimes the the, the touch late at night right before they unwound was probably oftentimes the first compassion and touch they'd had in a long time. It could probably have very well been, Cindy, the thing that healed that person to bring comfort to see another human being without impatience or judgment or fear. These are the things that that I've always held ideal to, but what I learned on the Camino is I needed to include myself in that ideal. I needed to include myself and have compassion for my vulnerabilities, patience for my learning curve, um, kindness for my tears. And that was something that I find many, many, many people who who just strive so hard to be such loving, conscious souls still lack. Is that real kindness for self? I um, would like to read your day 26. And um, I, how do I say, is it uh, Ponferrado? Ponferrada. Okay. Okay, so I woke up, this is Sonia's words, uh, that she walked 23 kilometers uh, on this particular part. And she says, I woke up early in, the way she said, Pomferrada, still absorbing all that had happened yesterday while walking from Rabanal to here. 
Once I emerged from under the cold cloud on the top of the mountain after stopping at Cruz Faro, I walked for miles and miles through the most exquisite mountain valley, filled with every imaginable kind of kind and color of flower. It was breathtaking. And then this next paragraph just my heart sang, and I felt as though I had just shed several thousand years of karma. Words cannot capture the bliss I felt. It was like I was stoned. Every one of my senses was amplified. The colors surrounding me were so brilliant and complex, I had to stop every few hundred feet or so to stare at them. The sky was crystal clear, and the birds were singing so loudly, I wondered if I were hallucinating. Maybe I was. Or maybe this is how the senses work when we are not buried alive in the stale energies of past experiences and the grievances that often come with them. The sweetest fragrances from the flowers washed over me, and that, too, made me marvel, as I had long ago lost my sense of smell. Not on this day, though. I could smell everything. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, that, I mean, it's just beautiful. It was. Just even having you read that, I'm right back at that experience. And I really do believe if we can just keep finding love and compassion for ourselves, we come alive like that because that's how we're designed. Sonia, this is quite a book. It's called Walking <laughs> Home. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and I told my daughter about it, and I said, I'm sending a copy. I'm getting ready to send a package to her in Italy. And, I'm, and you know, she she's wanted to do this, and we were only going to do part of it, and I don't know, things just, there wasn't enough time. But, and I know sometimes they only do part of it from, like, I guess, right. from France to, yeah, you know, there's that. Yeah, did just it. Yeah. But I just, um, I think this is a a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you know. I mean, but I, 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 so, so what else do you want to share with us about this? And we, I know you 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 have a birthday. I wanted to share was, you know, I'm not a hiker. I'm not. (laughs) I'm still not a hiker. But what I found walking was it wasn't the stuff on my back that was hard to carry. It was a stuff in my mind. And I'd start out the morning and, oh, my ego would just have so much to bark about. My feet, my back, the breakfast, people who piss me off. You know, just a, a, a lifetimes of unprocessed barking dog. But as I walked, that part of me quieted down and began to lift off. I'd just be done with it. I found it heavy to carry. Just heavy to carry. It's like this line of thinking, these thoughts that I'm attached to. If I just decide I'm... They made it hard to walk. And as I would reach a point of resolution, it's like, I don't, okay, I, I thought this daughter had, this, had this, this complaint to the end, and now I'm tired of it because it's heavy. I found that as I let those heavy thoughts go, the ability to hike got easier and easier and easier. And it was really quite an interesting real experience, real-time experience that thoughts are things and, and you can't deny your thoughts. You have to move them through you. You know, don't just don't just sit in them. 
move them, move with them, listen to them until they tire out. They're like barking dogs that eventually get tired of barking. And then they go quiet. And they, the interesting thing is once I let them bark till they were heart's content and went quiet, they never came back. Wow. And that was really a big revelation. You know, Sonia, when you came back, didn't you immediately go to India or something? You went on another another trip. I, I, if I, I, I might have this incorrectly, but I, I think that part of uh, that we were supposed I to... went to uh, Australia. Oh, that's, I thought it was India. Okay, so you, so what was that like after being by yourself and reemerging into the world again? Well, when I finished, first thing I did is I went to teach a workshop in Vienna that had been booked on the books for almost two years. So I was in such an altered state, but I actually feel that the energy I was carrying was transmitted to the group. And they really had a contact with the same experience. So, so many of those people said that that was the day their lives had shifted dramatically as if they had walked it with me. And that's what first gave me the thought that maybe you don't have to walk the Camino. Maybe just connect with this energy. And then I went to Australia to meet with um, to do a workshop over there with my publisher, I Can Do It, with Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, and several other speakers. And I was talking, I had dinner with my publisher, Reed. And Reed I was Tracy, just, yep. Reed Tracy. And I was just sharing with him what had happened. And he said, you're not the same person. You're not the person I knew a year ago or I've known for the last, you know, 10 years. You are... This has really changed you. You're you have to write about this. He actually talked me into it. He said, Because you're not the same person, I can feel it. I can feel something very different. And and so I was happy to be back and with people, but I didn't re enter at the same frequency. I entered at a frequency where you know, sometimes people being an intuitive people could overwhelm me and um, I would feel like oh I have to help more than I can do today and I didn't feel that way I felt like I love you and I know when you're ready you'll help yourself but what I can give you is unconditional love and confidence that when you're ready to grow you'll grow so my experience has been that I'm able to be more available and less in fear and that's been very exciting for me. Well, you're you're very present, and I I love how you keep bringing it back to compassion. And you know, when you look at the word compassion, and you look at the word community, and commune, and communicate, and you know, passion with you know, caring mm-hmm. and loving. And I think I think. It's missing in today's society, especially, well, it's not missing, but I think that because we've become texting and electronic, we've lost a little bit of it. Well, I think that we've lost the experience. We certainly speak to the ideal. We certainly speak to the idea. But because we are so um, conditioned to dial into the computer, dial into the phone, and dial into the, the, the external that we lose touch with our feeling body. 
which is where compassion resides, in our feeling body, in our heart space. And the calm that comes with commune and compassion and is really about connection, connecting with real live other human beings from a space that we are connected. We are more alike than different. We have the same needs. We have the same yearnings. We may go about it with different strategies, and some may be, be very defensive and wounded strategies, but we are connected. And if we can find our way back to that, life is less scary. That's the other thing I found. I have more energy since I walked the Camino and less expectation to be you know, to get it all, get all my ducks in a row, get all my spiritual points and, you know, walk the the high ideal walk and just be okay with who I am and be very present in who I'm with because it's all good. Well, I, listeners, I want to mention that um, Sonia has a wonderful blog on her website, and her website is soniachoquette.net, and I want to spell that as S-O-N-I-A-C-H-O-Q-U-E-T-T-E.net. She has an, an e-book that she gives away for free. Her blog is inspiring. Um, it looks like there's a new little one that just came into your life. Yes, I have a a niece who had a baby, and when I was holding him the other day, I was, I I sobbed. I just Uh sobbed with how precious. Not only he was, but we're all that precious. Just, we're that precious, and you know, that's what walking home is about, is us all coming back to that place of Really, can you imagine really believing in spite of everything you've heard, been told, have been, you know, been conditioned to believe and every commercial that's told you you needed to do something different to be okay? We are beyond okay. We are precious. Yes, it's, you know, it's so amazing to hold a baby. I, 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 I just looked at you holding that baby and I thought, oh my, oh my, oh my. And I then, know. Um, well, and you have a birthday coming up. And I noticed I, uh, on your Facebook page, you have a surprise for someone on your birthday. Well, here's the thing that's so exciting. You know, that was such a life changing experience for me to walk the Camino. And so what I, um, wanted to do for my birthday, October 8th, is anyone who buys the book and comes and puts your, just bring your bring your receipt and your email and put it into, you know, bring it back to my website or buy it on my website and get a ton of free gifts. I'm going to have a drawing on my birthday, October 8th, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to give away a Camino to someone. So perhaps they never thought it was possible. I'm going to gift them the uh, financial means to go. Oh, fabulous. Just fabulous. Yay for me to do that. It makes me so happy. <laughs> that is so fabulous. So buy your book soon, everyone. And and if you just order it from a website, you know, you, I'm assuming if they order it through there, you'll already, you know, automatically enter them in. Exactly. Uh, 
and there's so if you come through my website, I have so many gifts I offer that I want to help people just coming back to that same space of online course the answer is simple, love yourself, live your spirit and I have beautiful guided meditations that my spirit guides give that just really alter the vibration and but it doesn't matter. It can be through my site or it can be through Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Books a Million. It doesn't matter. But I'm really excited to be able to do that because to give that gift would be is just going to be the happiest experience for me. You know, I can remember winning uh, the Hay House trip to um, it was a cruise with Sylvia Brown and uh, Colette Baron Reed, and I broke my ankle. This was in 2006, and and that was the first time I broke, you know, fractured something, and I had an all expense trip. Or two paid for by Hay House, and I had to pay it forward very quickly because I was, you know, that was the first experience being in a wheelchair. And then in 2007, they had another drawing, and it was uh, the first time Wayne Dyer had ever taught a seminar in Maui. He didn't think people would come that far. I don't know why, but but he he um, the trip was to hear his seminar and then all expenses paid for two, et cetera. And everybody laughed when I said, you know, I know I'm going to win that trip. And I even said to my daughter who was in high school, I said, listen, I said, it's your your year to be with me on spring break, but if I win this trip, I said, you're, you're going to probably, you know, you're going to have to go to your dad's. And she goes, you are so ridiculous. You act as if you've won it. I said, oh, I know I'm going to win it. And then I, then I bothered Hay House. I'm like, what time are you announcing it? What, what time zone? And I want to make sure I have the right time. And I kid you not, Sonia, I won that trip. <laughs> I love it. You make me laugh. That is such a And that's the grace of generosity. Oh, it is your, fabulous. your story is a gift that keeps on giving. It I is. Ram Dass gift. was there. You know, oh, he takes Wayne Dyer takes care of Ram Dass. He's like, I mean, not takes care of him, but he yes, helps him and, and he looks and, after him. Yeah, he watches after him. In, and so, it's, in fact, yeah. it's interesting when you talk about Wayne because the first person I saw when I came to Australia and spent a week with was Wayne. And I talked to Wayne quite a bit about my trip, and Wayne is the one that, again, in addition to Reed, that really convinced me to write my book, Walking wow. Home. You know, they wow. both said that, you know, this was an important message, and I was like, wow, it was so personal. And he said, no, it's not that personal. Everybody is at this point in time. And I, and I do believe it's true that we're all, you know, as we are being bumped up as human consciousness and we are at being asked to to grow into our true divine nature we have to go in the basement and clear out all the things we've pushed aside we have to go and dig up our deepest wounds and the things we've ignored so that you know denial and ignoring things doesn't heal things it's being with it and finding compassion and forgiveness true forgiveness which means you don't hope for a different history. You come to understand it was all good and it was all so painful and difficult, really an important part of your evolution. Right. And that right. is it's something like, that I really want to get across in the book, is that everything is a very wholly important part of your evolution. Well, and you know when you had the falcons circling over your head, you know, I mean, you had animals speaking to you, you had everyone speaking to you. I had you know. a shaman, I met a shaman, <laughs> I had a manifestation from the other side, and I thought I met dark angels, it turned out to save save my butt, I mean, 
every day was such a shocking surprise. Every day. Like I said, it was sort of like, he pray loves me, so I love Lucy, but every day was... When you... Yeah, sorry, but I was thinking about eat, pray, love. When you were talking about the 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 food thing, I, I remember they called they called Julia Roberts groceries. Or wasn't it the name he called her when he yeah. when she hit the ashram? And all she wanted was a tray full of huge amounts of food. And but you you wound up like not eating that much on this, you know. On well, this. the problem with me was in Spain you eat very late at night, and I walked so far, I couldn't stay up long enough to go to dinner. Thank God I brought a bunch of power bars because that for the first week was was my dinner. And I would just think, oh, I'm just going to close my eyes because I would get in around anywhere from 4 to 5, but dinner was often 8 or 9 p.m. Right. And I would close my eyes and I would wake up the next morning. Mm. It's like, wow, I just passed out from, from <laughs> exhaustion. Yeah. Eventually, I got better, and I started being able to stay up for dinner. But I, and you know, it wasn't exactly a food festival. That's for sure. The pilgrims' menu is very simple, and and so I learned to to get by with. Uh, I called him bocadillo is a sandwich. I had egg bocadillo, which was like a egg sandwich, pretty much every day, and a power bar, and that was. That 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 with the coke and fries, if I was lucky enough to get it, <laughs> was was heaven. It was heaven yeah. for me. Yeah, that's funny. Well, and you were just interviewed by the Wall Street Journal. I think that's pretty exciting. I know. Can you imagine? That's such an exciting thing for me because that means that maybe this isn't such a marginalized message, and maybe. The, the 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 whole world is just a little bit more available to getting back to our true nature and seeing and creating some space for a little more kindness and self-love. Well, you know, I think people are fascinated with people who become missionaries and go on pilgrimages. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, in 2005, I don't know how I did it, but I did a 40-day fast. And it's like 40 days, not a bite of food. And... I remember at the time my chiropractor was, um, you know, you have to do a lot of internal cleansing when you go to that level of not eating and because your body detoxes so much. And I remember him saying, okay, because I was still getting body work. And I remember at one point he says, you need to stop the body work. And I said, why? And he says, because you're going to the deeper levels now and you need to really feel it. Hmm. And I was like, I can imagine that must have been extraordinary. It, it was, and each day you had to do an hour of, um, you know, internal cleansing. It was like this whole ritual with it, and at Breath first I was annoyed sure. because I, I thought, who has time for an hour a day? And then I thought, if you cannot take an hour a day for 40 days, there's something, like, off kilter. That's, you know, so I right. so I figured it out. I could do the cleansing and do my mantras. So every day for 40 days I did an hour of mantras. And then sometimes the kids would be in the house and they'd be like, stop it. So then I learned that I could do them internally, like if they were, mm-hmm. you know, or more quietly. But either way. Right. Um, well, I what I love it, about your story is just our priorities in the Western world have absolutely zero put zero value on inner work. I mean, 
people roll their eyes. There's even a, a very popular book on meditation out, and it's not even a bad one, but but half the book is how he, he had to argue for the fact that he, he wasn't a touchy feeling and he wouldn't go inward and he, he wasn't like those people. And I thought, why? We need to go inward. That doesn't make us kooks and nuts. That makes us human beings who have spiritual lives right. that need care as much as our bodies do. So your your story is very inspirational about just take, you know, it's, it's not a lot of time. And I find, honest to God, I fully believe if you even gave yourself 10 minutes, that was guilt-free inward right. work. Oh. Oh, I know, the Om Namah Shavaya. I remember, you know, I was classically trained in, in transcendental meditation, you know, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, did that for years. And then I just remember the one-minute meditation, and uh, and I had never correlated Om Namah Shavaya to the seven chakras until, you know, it was actually Wayne Dyer's Gugaraji, um, Dada Shiva Baba, who now goes by Dr. Pillai. At any rate, he, um, I, I've been in his presence many times, and that's what it felt like when you were talking about when you were in Indiana. It was like you were the Gugaraji. I mean, you had that, and still do, you can hear it and feel it just like your publisher said, like you're bringing with you that increased vibration everywhere you're going, and people are blessed by it, you know, and it just happens. It's not, yeah. It's the heart opening. And I'm just so, I know that since I was taken to this for my own healing and my new mission in way beyond just helping people listen to their six senses, listen to your, how you talk to yourself. And if you could just infuse that with love. If you could just infuse that with love, your life will heal. And let me give you that frequency so you can feel it because it's, you're so precious. And that is that is what's true. And it, if I had to walk over two mountain ranges and nearly lose all my toes to give that to you, I would do it ten times over because it's such a beautiful gift to share. Oh, Sonia. It's just, you know, I know, walking home. I mean, finding the title for this book, and, you know, you don't even see your face on it. It's Sonia Chokhat. You see her body, and you see her backpack, and you see her hot red high heels, I might add. Yeah, she's probably wearing it some event. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I used to, the first couple of times when I you know, saw you in person and you had the guitar player, I thought, what the heck is the deal with this guitar player? What? In, and then I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, every time this man plays, all the energy in the whole room changes. And, you know, one of the, the memories I have of you in St. Louis, and I don't remember you doing it any other time I saw you, but perhaps you did, is you demonstrated how an air sign dances, how a water <laughs> sign dances, how a fire <laughs> sign, you know, and, and you demonstrated it. And, and, you know, first you said everybody dance, never dance. And then you said, okay, this is how an earth sign dances. <laughs> it was like a water and everyone, you know, you're like flowing. And, and I had never really thought about it. But it just, you know, it was one of those it's things. So you <laughs> And everyone in the whole room got it, you know. And there were a few people, yes. as I'm sure you encounter, that just wouldn't get out of their seats. And I thought, oh, my right. goodness, what my is wrong with them? My earth signs wouldn't get out yeah. of their seats because rocks don't roll. <laughs> 
But my point is, was, and it always is, is to appreciate our differences, to appreciate them, and and to not strive to be other than the the fullest embodiment of of who we are, and know that at every moment, who we are, is is truly a, a blessing. It truly is, and if I could just somehow get that across to people, you are a blessing, and bless your mess if you're in the mess. Bless it, because maybe in this moment the mess is so big, you'll get through it, and it'll never, ever follow you again. Just done so, it cleared. Yes. So, And I do know right now that for many people that is the case. So I just really want to encourage those listening who think, God, my life couldn't be worse. It's, I want to say embrace it and know that maybe that on a soul level, you're bringing this all to such that up to the conscious level, so you will be done with it forever, and it won't follow you anymore. Yeah, just be done with it. Be willing mm-hmm. to be done with it, and pray and pray and pray for help because it's there for you if you can open your heart to let yourself receive it. Yeah. So, listeners, this is the wonderful Sonia Chokhat. Her website is. S-O-N-I-A-C-H-O-Q-U-E-T-T-E dot net. She has a Facebook page, and if you want to get a, have a chance, someone is going to win on her birthday, October 8th, a trip to the El Camino in Spain, this wonderful uh, topic that we have been discussing and this pilgrimage that people have been doing for thousands of years, walking home. So, Sonia, in conclusion, last final words of wisdom for us. I would say the most important thing is to recognize everything about you is beautiful and holy as you are today. That's beautiful. So just love and accept yourself right here, right now. As you are. It's all good. You're beautiful. And thank you, Cindy, for inviting me on. I feel so honored to be part of your community and share my crazy adventure. And and I'm so grateful to all the stories you shared because they so inspired me and gave me such gifts and blessings. So I want to thank you for those as well. From my heart to yours, I'm in total humble gratitude. So thank you, thank you. And... Uh, anytime, Sonia, you have time. You're welcome, welcome. And there is an excerpt from Sonia's book in our September issue that is still online and will continue to be online. And the way this radio show works is that it is a virtual blog. So those of you that listened, all you have to do is say, oh, my gosh, this wonderful interview happened with Sonia Chukat, and they just go to the uh, website, and there it is. You can listen to this. And we know you listen after hours. We know you forward it to friends. So we're very grateful. So from my heart to yours, Sonia, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. We'll be back next week. Namaste. Bye. Okay.
all the way. 